from the Georgia Dome in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, the WWE presents WrestleMania 27! Featuring the very best from Raw and SmackDown. And now, here he is, your host. Hi, the Jabroni beating La 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 Fighting. The People's Champion. Trailblazing, eyebrow raising, supernova of entertainment. The Great One has many nicknames. The most electrifying man in showbiz today, he's The Rock. My name is Rob, along with Zach. Yo. And we're back for WrestleMania 27 from Atlanta, Georgia. We're in the big times now. Yes. We are getting up there. We are almost done with the 20s of the WrestleManias. We'll get there. Yep. I feel like this back half of these WrestleMania 20s are kind of like... Not really well remembered. Well, you see, Rob, that's because they're just another show. Pretty much. It's just like it's April or it's late March, um, early April. It's time for WrestleMania. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, the only thing is, is that these shows are an hour longer than a regular pay-per-view so a regular pay-per-view is three hours these run about four but we're not at the point yet where the wrestlemanias are eight hours long oh we'll get there fuck or over the course of two days yeah we'll, we'll get there i know we'll get there but oh, i'm just saying god i'm not looking forward to that well we don't have to do the pre-show that's true <laughs> but still so that only is six hours <laughs> yeah Jesus Christ. So, we're at Atlanta, Georgia. I had just moved down to North Carolina in the previous November. So, it was interesting being around generally close to Atlanta. Uh, only a short three-hour ride in the car away. And our local rock station was actually giving away tickets. To this show, you could win them on the phone. Or whatever. I mean, that. Did you win? No, I did not win. I was Uh-oh. poor. I had no Uh-oh. job. Actually, Uh-oh. I was working. I had just moved. Actually, funny enough, I had just moved to my first apartment down here, and my internet had not been installed yet. Mm-hmm. So, I was using a Wi Fi hotspot. Which worked horribly to try and get oh, and internet. Those those are awful. Yeah. Having sold them for many years as a Verizon salesperson, they're not great. Uh, but I, I did sell them. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, my, my remembering this show was trying to struggle to try to get the internet to work so I could watch little bits and pieces of the show. Yeah, well, this is the WrestleMania that introduced us. Yes. 
Yes, it is. Uh, indirectly, of course, because we didn't watch it together or anything along those no. lines. But I was doing a podcast at the time called Anime TKO, um, which uh, wasn't very good. But uh, I had a man by the name of Daryl Surratt on to do a WrestleMania uh, retrospective where at the time we went through all 26 WrestleManias in one show. How much, how much research and time did you guys devote to prepping for that show? I'm going to be entirely honest. I watched every single WrestleMania prior to that show. Um, I don't think Daryl did any research. (laughs) I, I, I don't blame the guy. I think he just showed up and was like, all right, I'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I watched everything and I like took a whole bunch of notes and I had all the stuff and he was just like, let's just talk about the big matches because we'll be here for hours. Yes, no, no, yes. Like, and I think that I think that episode it still ended up being about like two and a half hours. Or yeah, something it was like long. That. I remember that much. Yeah. And it's actually funny. It's still listed on AWO's website for nine... Yeah non you know awo related content that they've been a part of right i just don't think the episode is up no it's dead like it, it did die. it was tight it was linked to your web page yeah so if you click on that uh link it's it's not there anymore but um i mean i learned a lot of about podcasting from that episode daryl taught me a lot really <laughs> uh, yeah, because I was like, I wanted to do a podcast for a long time, but I like, I didn't have any equipment. Uh, I didn't like, I think in that episode, I was using the built in microphone on my computer. Oof. And we were recording it over like Skype and stuff like that. Yeah, um, Skype was there back in the day, that's for sure. And uh, he ended up courting me and then sending me a file and I sounded way better through the process of going through his mixer than I did just speaking into a microphone and having it go through audacity. Ah. Like, like, uh, and he taught me about exporting and how to make a, uh, downloadable link, like all sorts of stuff. Like he taught me a lot. That's cool. Yeah. Which, you know, was, was really cool. And then, uh, so we did, one week we did the whole retrospective and then the next week we got together and we talked about this show. And at the time I was like a Uber fan and I was like, I thought it was pretty good. And Daryl was like, I think this was a bad show. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back on it now, I, I, I think he's more correct than I was. You had the, yeah, you had the, everything I watch is great because it's wrestling and you hadn't built up that, you hadn't built up that, like, hey, what's a good match versus what's a bad match versus a good show versus a bad show? You were, yeah, just, and you were just happy to watch anything wrestling. Right, because I was watching TNA on a weekly basis back then, too. Oh! <laughs> Actually, back TNA was good. No, this was back when they were not good. You didn't like the dicks? Uh, this was after the dicks. Ah. So this was, this was right as Hulk Hogan was coming in. And the first Rock time. Band- well, I mean, he didn't come there twice. He, he was oh, this there. was the original Hogan. Okay. Well, no, they had done something where he was going to go in, and then, like, it fell through. 
Oh yeah, well yeah, he was gonna go in in like two thousand and yeah, three or yeah, something. but like, yeah, no, this was this was like oh, this is Hogan. way pa- okay. I thought you were talking about the weekly TNA shows they ran on pay per view. No, you're this talking was like way I- in the future. Okay, yeah, like you're talking Spike like, TV days. Yeah, like I would watch it on Spike TV because I got that in my dorm room. I was in college then. Gotcha. Um, okay, because I was but, watching since the early pay-per-view days, and then I watched on the the Fox Sports Network days. FS1, yeah. FS1, yep. And then they switched to – then I kind of gave up after that when they got yeah, into Spike. yeah. Um, but I, yeah, no, I was watching that on a weekly basis, watching, you know, Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy, uh, take over the entire show. Like they were there, uh, introduced one week and then like three weeks later, they were the world champion and it's just like, oh, okay. This is, this is not good. But at the time I thought it was great. Yeah. Although I didn't, uh, although I didn't like Jeff Hardy's, uh, custom built even back then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So, oh, and. And then we talked about Tough Enough because Tough Enough uh, was being resurrected the very yes. next night. Yes. Yeah. Which will be part of this show. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting because uh, <clears throat> I was still big into my WWE phase back then, but it wasn't like like today. I can't even watch Raw. I can't watch SmackDown. I will begrudgingly watch the pay per views every now and then. But, like, we just had the pay-per-view backlash last weekend. I didn't watch a fucking second of it. I feel like I watched... I missed nothing. Because I have... I listen to, like, Dave Meltzer and a couple other wrestling podcasts. So, it's like, if I want to find out what the hell's going on in the world, I've got a podcast that's more entertaining than the actual product. Which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. I... I and, I mean, there there is some stuff that's going on that is, like, vaguely interesting. But, like, when I want to watch wrestling... More often than not, I find myself going and watching AEW. Like, yeah, it's no, just, definitely. It's just it's um, the the product is just more consistent, and it doesn't feel like I'm going to get invested in somebody and then they're going to disappear three weeks later. Um, a lot of the time, so yeah, definitely, I agree. Dude, so dude. the big hook this year for WrestleMania 27 is The Rock is presenting is the presenter and it's this big deal because he's not been in the WWE for quite some time and yeah I mean he's made some like guest appearances on Raw and stuff like that but he hasn't like been super involved in anything and since probably 2003 yeah whenever Wrestlemania 20 was uh 2007 Uh, or 4 yeah sorry 4 yep yeah. So yeah, it'd been a while, and they'd been taking he'd been taking shots at John Cena, and it was actually kind of funny because I've been going back and listening, like old Wrestling Observers and reading the Wrestling Observer from that time, and like it seemed like everybody knew like John Cena and The Rock were gonna have some kind of match at some point or something, like they'd been trading shots back and forth, like in interviews like with the media. Like, John Cena would be like, oh, well, The Rock went Hollywood. You know, he left the fans. I'm here for the fans. And, you know, John needs to be like, oh, John Cena's a Fruit Loop. A fruity yeah. Pebble. Rock making some not 
not super kosher. Yeah, yeah. And today's climate, not uh, not good. Rock does no. not age well. A lot of things that The Rock did, like in the Attitude Era. Oh, do, awful. Well, yeah, a lot of them are awful. But his in-ring work and like his character stuff, that still is great. But like a lot of the things that he said, it's just like yeek. And yeah. then this is like this is this is only ten years ago. Like uh, this is, you know, it or nine years ago actually. Yeah, nine. Two thousand eleven. Yeah. So it's like it's not. It's like it's not that. Uh, not that far away, and it's still like, ugh. Really? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. We have. Yeah, yeah. But uh, going into this, it seemed like people were really down on this show. Like, and I've kind of noticed in the last, probably last six, seven WrestleManias especially, it's been like, ah, it's just another show. Uh, you know, oh, this WrestleMania is going to suck. You know, there's nothing really good on the card. But then it usually turns out to be like, oh, it was a pretty good WrestleMania because of XYZ. So I think this kind of started the period of like people kind of getting burned. Like WrestleMania is starting no longer to start to feel special per se. Like it's still a big deal. And WWE obviously still tries to go out of their way to, to have big moments and things of that nature. But, but um, I mean, like there weren't, there weren't any matches here with probably the exception of uh, the undertaker match that you wouldn't see on any other card throughout the year. Yeah, well, that and the Snooky thing. Oh, yes. Well, Snooky, yeah. I mean, there was the celebrity involvement. But, like, b- besides those two things... There yeah, wasn't it was very we- much Triple H and Undertaker ruling the, the card. Right. And you shit. Wouldn't, Even you, the... Fr- you wouldn't... Oh, God, sorry. You wouldn't see... Yeah, you wouldn't see... Any, you, it, you wouldn't see those matches on any other card, but like Rey Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes, you could see that on SmackDown. Oh or, yeah, ADR uh, versus Edge felt like a fucking throwaway. Like, oh, here's the world title match for SmackDown. Well, I mean, there's a reason behind that. Oh yeah, no, I know that, but I'm saying like the buildup though was even trash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, not saying the match cool. itself. I'm just saying in general, like, like when you go back and think of WrestleMania. Uh, sorry, when you think of WrestleMania 27, you probably can only say like, "Oh, Undertaker versus Triple H for the fourth time." Cool. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like, right. Uh, or third time, I should say. But uh, uh, well, I, no, this is the second time that they faced at WrestleMania. Oh, that was a third. Okay, never mind. But yeah, that's something like year. that's the thing. We got Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio. We got. The core. Oh yeah, this match. The core versus Big Show, Kane, Santino, and Kofi. Uh, I watched the Raw before WrestleMania 27 because that's what I also do. I go back and watch the Raw right before the just so I get a better idea of what are they building up. And they try to build this up, and it's like even at Raw, you knew like, hey, no one gives a fuck about this match, but you knew who was going over. I mean, they even made the core look stupid on Raw. Well, the core always looks stupid. Let's not. True. Ourselves. True. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely interesting. I'll tell you that much because it seemed like, like I said, a lot of people were down on the show. Like, oh, let's just get it over with. So 
<laughs> All right. So, probably the other big... Oh, sorry. <coughs> okay, as I die. Um... <laughs> Don't die on me, Rob. I can't edit the show. <laughs> <laughs> or release it. Um, <laughs> That's true. I don't have the passwords. The other big... You actually do. Um, the other big thing... Do you? I don't know. Whatever. I, uh, I don't. Oh, I should probably give them to you. Um, so the other big memorable thing from this from this show, probably remembered, is the United States Championship match where they had built up, where people were genuinely excited to see this. It had been a really good build for... Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan for the U.S. title. Yeah. And it got bumped down to a dark match. And then it didn't even happen on the yeah. dark match. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so it happens. Here's what happened. The dark match between Sheamus and Daniel Bryan, uh, 22 members of the roster came down, turning it into a lumberjack match. Uh, Which the match it wasn't. went then to a no contest. And then turned into a battle royal, which included Sheamus and Daniel Bryan in the battle royal. Sheamus eliminated Bryan, but then he was eliminated by the Great Collie in the end. And the Great Collie won this random battle royal. So there you well, go. You know, I mean, the Great Collie has to win something. I oh, mean, yeah, he's true. the Great Collie. Yeah. He's great. He's great. And he's Collie. Um, I don't know. I mean, but yeah, like, I mean, like it's it's just what it is, though. It's like. This match, they hyped, spent time on TV. People were genuinely excited to watch. Uh, you know, we just saw Sheamus last year. If I'm not mistaken, it was uh, versus Triple H. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know. He had definitely fallen down the card quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, although it was weird because he, he was also like WWE champion this year as well. Like, he had, he had won it again for a second time earlier this year or something like that and then well there you go yeah like 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 Seamus like Seamus and Daniel Bryan at Wrestlemania is cursed like I know like if they if they do Seamus versus Daniel Bryan like next year like that's an actual possibility of happening possibly Hmm. like if that happens uh I I, no because let's see there's this match that got bumped down and then got turned into a great Kali fest and then there is uh What happens next year, which is just a cluster. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get to that next year. But yeah, uh, that's true. yeah so uh, that was that. That was the ring. That was the dark match. Like they didn't even get a freaking match. It just turned into a battle royal, and the battle royal was it's meaningless. The battle, the literally the battle royal had no nothing. It's like the Andre the Battle yeah. Royal today. You get yeah, a, well, I mean, they didn't even get a trophy. Like, it could have been a battle royal for the United States Championship, although I wouldn't want to see Great Kali holding the belt. No. He would win the uh, WWE Championship, I think, later that year. Uh, no, he had previously won the World Heavyweight Championship through a battle royal uh, in, like, 2008. Ah, okay, so it's the following year. Mm-hmm. Okay, I knew it was somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. All right, so Justin Roberts welcomes us to WrestleMania and introduces Kyrie Hilson. Who is this lady? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Hilson. I don't know. It's Some... Carrie Hilson, and I don't know who she is. I'll be honest. I said Hilson, and I was like thinking to myself, did I mean to type Wilson or something? And I'm like, I, I no, don't know. It, no, it is, Hil- it is Hilson. Let's let's use the power of the internet. Power of Google's. 
I don't use Google. Oh, what do you use? DuckDuckGo? I do. Good for you. I use Google. Because I want Google to know anything and everything about me. I already, I already uh, have their service for internet, so what, what, yeah. I gotta give them everything. So Carrie, Carrie Lynn Hilson is an American singer, songwriter, and vocal arranger and actress. Uh, her genre is R&B. Okay. And and she has been working with people such as The Clutch, who Polo Dadon, I don't know who that is, who? and uh, and Timberland. I know Timberland. I know Timberland. Yeah. He makes all the beats uh, and goes boopsh, 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 and he, like he, yeah. He and he gets lots of money. Um, I guess she wrote songs for Britney Spears and the Pussycat Dolls. What? And Mary you're Blige. you're telling me Mary J. Blige, the Pussycat Dolls, and of all people, Britney Spears didn't write their own music? Are you gonna tell me yeah. "Hit Me Baby One More Time" was not about her and her boyfriend? Or "Oops, uh, I Did It Again," her and her other boyfriend? I I I don't know what you want me to say, Rob. I am shocked. <laughs> uh. And apparently she's also a big um, philanthropist. That's good. Yeah. So that's Does she have any who... hit songs? Like, I've never even heard of this lady. And, like, I, I don't know. I'm not a big pop person anyway, so. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> in, so this happened in 2011. Yep. So during that time, like in 2010, um... She was a guest on a song called Million Dollar Girl by Trina uh, and Got Your Back by T.I. T.I. Ha! Um, she was cheap, it sounds like. It doesn't... Like, I don't I, know. I, 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 she has a very long Wikipedia article. Gotcha. Uh, well... And, 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 but here's the thing, like... Uh, it doesn't tell me a lot about her necessarily. Like it says like what she's done, but like in terms of like big accomplishments, I'm not necessarily seeing a whole bunch of that. Hmm. Um, she just released a new album this year called liar. Huh? Well, this is her, her first album in 10 years. Cause the last one was in 2010 with oh, no wow. boys allowed. Oh man. Uh, um, she's also been in a couple of movies, including, 2013's Riddick um, as Santana's prisoner right. and and in 2016 she was in a movie called Almost Chris Christmas as a character named Jasmine alright well yes there you go so, so that's what we, I could find about Carrie Hilson I don't know who I still don't know who she is uh, in terms of like uh, like if somebody said oh what's a uh, uh, Carrie Hilson song. I still couldn't tell you from yeah. that article. I hear you. Well, Carrie Hilson, if you listen to this, contact us. Reviewmania <laughs> at gmail.com. I think she has better things to do. Hey, you never know. <laughs> Maybe she's a huge closeted WWE fan. And she's like, I want to go hear how, how people thought of my WrestleMania uh, 27 rendition of, of the national anthem. Or oh, sorry, America I mean, the Beautiful. I thought it was fine. No, it was great. It was fine. But maybe she wanted to personally know, like, what are the candid thoughts of random podcasters? You just never know. And, Go down and, that and rabbit then, hole. 
and then she finds our podcast and realizes that we're she's too... listened for 22 minutes thus far <laughs> <laughs> and 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 we don't know really who she is and yeah, so she's got to contact us yeah she's got to give almost... us a 411 uh, uh okay <laughs> all right so then uh, after all that hullabaloo we get a long ass guest intro from uh, the rock it, for, for it the lasted rock. It was like, like 20 minutes oh yeah so here i actually got more notes on that so we get this long ass intro for the rock who is a guest host for wrestlemania 27 Rock spends a million years soaking in the cheers, takes a sweet-ass time getting down to the ring, but eventually does. He then spends another five hours in the ring just doing poses and walking around the ring, looking around and doing stupid shit. Is exactly what I wrote. Okay, so here's the thing. I timed this. So, if you watch the WWE Network version, which I watched, uh, the show... His music starts at 3 minutes and 10 seconds and ends at 10 minutes and 27 seconds when he finally starts to speak, when he utters his first word into the microphone. Okay, so that's 7 minutes. That's 7 minutes and 17 seconds of The Rock's entrance. And we we thought The Undertaker was slow. God, it's awful. The Rock then panders to the crowd... He says nothing of importance. He then rhymes Santa Claus. He rhymes Santa with Atlanta. After the intro, Michael Colvin says, This is Americana. This is the epitome of pop culture. This is WrestleMania. Like, uh, no. Fuck off, Michael Cole. Nobody in America, when people think of America, they don't go, Oh, yeah, baseball, apple pies, and WrestleMania. Well, yes, but that but that's what Vince McMahon thinks. Well, Vince McMahon can suck my blue balls. <laughs> ah, Jesus. I hate this. Rob, hold on. I'm going to edit that out. When I say yeah, You say deva? I <laughs> ah. see. I fast-forwarded through most of this. All right, I wasn't on fast-forwarded. I think I just, like, turned my brain off because I was so disgusted. So he basically, uh, Rock like talks about all the wrestlers. He puts himself over humongously. He buries John Cena, uh, does a yabba dabba chant with the uh. crowd, and then finishes it off with his. If you smell, oh, the and then rock. he and then he goes, oh no, this is a WrestleMania, bah, 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 bah. and then like lasts five minutes doing the. If you smell the rock is cooking, it was just yeah. Like he has to do, he has to do up. the la la la. <laughs> he has to do the la la la. He has to be like, no, this is our people's yeah. WrestleMania. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, buy my pie, buy my shirt. Well, his, his new shirt, the Just Bring It shirt, that's a good shirt. It is. It's very. It's it's a classy shirt. I, I had just, one. Yeah, it's a it Just Bring it, it. Just Bring It. It's not like. Uh, stupid like a lot of the wwe shirts tend to be yeah. over design it's just a uh, simple just bring it uh it it could be a nike design yeah or something along those lines so 
Yeah, it, it took forever. That's my point, and it sucked. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to see Rock ever again on my screen. Fuck him. Uh, I just, I love The Rock, but this was like, ah, just painful. Because I looked down and was like, hooray, three hours and 45 minutes of this show. How long is this going to take? Or whatever that length was. So, yeah. The other big thing from this show that people might remember, I completely forgot to bring up originally in our conversation, a heel Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler. This was so mm-hmm. weird. So, building- I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it quite yet. Well, can I? Oh get no, 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 no. It? So what I'm going to talk about is the fact that Michael Cole is your lead announcer here, and he's in the coal mine. He's in the coal mine. Yes, he's got his coal mine, <laughs> um, which is which is a plexiglass box. Yeah, so that he's separated from everybody else because he because uh, Jerry Lawler will physically he, harm him. He knew about the pandemic before the rest of us. He didn't share. Yeah. Yes. So. The weird thing, though, in all this is they have segments where Michael Cole is this dastardly heel and he talks bad about everybody. But then there's other segments where they have to, like, do sponsor reads and shit. And they'll be like, oh, WrestleMania is sponsored by Snickers Cruncher. And they're like, hey, King, do you like Snickers Cruncher? Oh, yeah, Michael Cole. I love Snickers Cruncher. I fucking ate eight of them. Oh, yeah. You were jacked. Now, fuck you, Michael Cole. You're a dick. Yeah, well, fuck you, Jerry. I'm going to shove stickers up your ass. <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay. Not that bad, yeah. but still. Like, it's weird because they do these, like, weird commentary work. Where if it's not like a match where it's like Cole is healing it up, it's just and normal the- Michael Cole and Jerry and Jerry Lawler, like, having the yeah. match. And they're like, oh, hey, Cole, look at that. Oh, they're doing that mad, that move. And like, hey, King, yeah. you've had experience doing this. What about that? It's like, you guys are supposed to be like this blood feud. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes when you're in, when you're in a blood feud with somebody, you still have to work with them. Yeah, it's true. To, you, you have to be polite. You still have, yeah, you have to be polite and do your, do your job. But like, heel Michael Cole <laughs> had been going on for like, eight months now like it was close to a year was this and... during the nxt stuff too or was that not yet yet no nxt so... still wasn't a... oh that's it i got more notes in my pot in my they were just starting season two of one NXT. no no so season two yeah you're season right you're two. right okay yes you're right because wade barrett and daniel bryan were on yes season one. Okay, yeah, correct. So, yeah, he was still healed Michael Cole then. Because I remember yeah. he was talking trash about Daniel Bryan being a vegan and a virgin and all that jazz. I think it was... Yeah. Uh, let me look here. One second. My notes. Um... Ba, ba, ba. I don't have it. I don't remember if it was... I think it was 2011... Or 2012. Let me look here real quick. Um, okay. Next year. That's what it was. Okay. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of my notes. I started looking at stuff for WrestleMania 28. And there's a fun, <clears throat> interesting thing where right around WrestleMania 28, uh, OVW... Gave war or, or, or FCW, excuse me. Yeah. FCW had given word 
to the broadcast or the Sunshine Network that they were no longer doing episodes like two weeks later. Like the next two weeks are going to be their last. And there was rumors about them moving down to Florida and getting rid of the developmental territory and moving it to something, but they didn't know what yet. And people were denying it left and right. And it was like a day or two after, like this is like the week of WrestleMania 28. Mm-hmm. So sorry, we're talking about that more next next podcast. Yeah, but all right. So yeah, so we had the heel. Whole point was we had Jerry Lawler as this you know babyface and heel Michael Cole, and it gets kind of annoying throughout the show. But it was I just thought it was kind of interesting where it's like you said they still had to work together, and it wasn't like twenty four seven heel Cole, but uh, it was still interesting because it's like you had to like. Like do the sponsorship reads or like when it's like oh WrestleMania is so great oh here we did this fu- we did the WrestleMania reading challenge check it out and it's like why is Cole still doing the leads and like acting like his normal like happy go lucky self you think you give that to like Byron or or in this case, you know whatever or you know <laughs> Jr could <coughs> yeah you know but oh the show sucks so hard. Okay. So, ah, so much editing. Fuck. First match of the night: WWE World Heavyweight one. Championship match: Alberto Del Rio versus the Champion Edge. You think you know me? Yes. Dun, 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 dun. I, I, I know that we've watched Edge for several WrestleManias now, and he's had Metalingus as his theme song. I love that song, and I've never mentioned it. Well, now you have. There you go. I know. I loved Ricardo Rodriguez. Were you a Ricardo Rodriguez guy? I was. I was. I always liked his entrance. I always liked everything he did. And then he tried to become a wrestler, and that failed spectacularly. They tried to make him a wrestler. wrestler. Oh, I know he was, but they tried to move him to be a wrestler, and it didn't go anywhere. I always That's liked true. ADR though. I always thought he felt like he has really good facials. Like his he's really animated and he really like shows like when he's scared, he's like, Oh, his eyes are all wide and you know, like just Yeah. I mean it's it's weird that ADR, like Alberto Del Rio, uh, is like that because he was under a mask for so much of his oh, career. No, I wasn't talking about Alberto. Oh, you said ADR. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I meant I meant Ricardo. Oh, Ricardo Rodriguez. Yeah. Ricardo Rodriguez. Rico. Yeah. Yeah. Ricardo. Eh, Ricardo. Whatever. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. No. I mean, ADR was good too. I remember this time listening to ADR when he first showed up on SmackDown on the nice cars, and like everyone was like, "Oh man, this is a really interesting character because they actually like." It was funny because, so Alberto Del Rio's story is like, he's this rich Mexican-American, and in Mexico, he's like, got the big plantation, and he's like, got nice cars, and he owns so many cars, he can come out to Raw and SmackDown in a different ride every time. And it's funny because Michael Cole would be like, oh, Jerry, oh, that's the 1991 uh, Camaro Elantra Express Jacuzzi car. And, oh, that thing costs $110,000. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, and it's like, Jeremy, or King would be like, I know what that is. I got six of them. I'm a king. <laughs> right. 
But uh, yeah, it was just so it was kind of interesting, and he kind of like got the Sheamus treatment, where he like rocketed up the roster and got titles, and I think his most famous uh, match would probably be later, actually later this year at at uh, Money in the Bank, twenty eleven, with uh, CM Punk, um, uh, when, he, when he interfered and and uh, won the title from. Uh, or, or, that was uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, thank you. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, he had a pretty big match in January of this year when he um, he won the only 40-man Royal Rumble. Oh, that's, Rumble. that's true. The biggest Royal Rumble ever until uh, Saudi up Arabia. Until, up until Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yes. So, we also get a Brodus Clay. Again, new. So, these guys are all new to the podcast. Uh, to the podcast. Brodus Clay and ADR, brand new. Brodus yep. Clay now is a is the heavy for uh, ADR. Yeah, because ADR had been his coach on uh, NXT. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So Christian gets to come out in the corner of Edge. Our announcers are Josh Matthews, Jerry Lawler, and Michael Cole for the evening. Michael Cole is in his bulletproof box called the Coal Mine, and he calls all his fans the Coal Miners, which I, I loved. Honestly, I thought that was great. Even the box, it was fun because, like, you know, he had his little slammy. When the hell did he ever want a slammy? Yeah, I don't know. I, but Josh Matthews, he's so bad. Yeah, terrible. They replaced Jr. with this. Yes. Yes. So uh, Cole already is putting on the the heel shtick in this match, you know. Oh, Love, ADR. Yeah, he's, oh, his car. He comes out in this nice, fancy car. Uh, <clears throat> so Edge's left arm is bandaged up due to receiving so many cross-arm breakers from Alberto Del Rio during the lead-up of this match. Alberto is shown outside, or is thrown outside, and Edge misses a baseball slide. ADR throws Edge shoulder first into the wall, uh, hurting his bad arm. He then gets a two-count in the ring. ADR works over the bad arm, and now back on the outside, the arm is thrown against the announce table for another two count. Uh, ADR went for a running move, but Edge moves, and ADR goes through the middle rope. Uh, Edge then follows up with a crossbody block over the top rope. Uh, Edge then climbs to the top rope, but Del Rio uh, hits an arm drag using the bad arm on the, from the top rope. Edge gets a desperation roundhouse kick and then hits a big boot. Edge gets a two count after a one-arm flapjack. But Del Rio comes back pretty quick and tries for a cross-arm breaker that Edge counters into a pain, uh, to a pin attempt for a two. Del Rio then finally gets a cross-arm breaker on Edge, but he turns himself uh, and able to reach the ropes. Again, Edge climbs to the top rope and ADR runs and hits an enziguri. And it makes a cover, but Edge gets his foot on the bottom rope, but Ricardo runs by and takes it off. So Christian then starts attacking uh, Brodus Clay, and it gets uh, a fallaway slam on a floor. This allows Edge to get a roll-up for a two-count. This was so stupid. Like, it completely took away from the match. Like, all of a sudden, like, Edge and Brodus had not, or sorry, uh, Christian and Brodus had not even been a factor. And instead of right. going after Ricardo, he attacks Brodus, and they, like, take the entire, like, 
focus away from the match. It's not really stupid. Right, right. So Edge gets a roll up for a two count on Del Rio, who was watching what was going on on the outside. Um, like an idiot. Yeah. You know, because he's got. Like, oh my 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 big friend, you guys got, is attacking somebody else. I have to watch. Yes, this. exactly. I have to make sure he wins. <laughs> Edge starts <clears throat> getting his crazy look and tries for a spear, but ADR sidesteps and allows Brodus to slam the bad arm into the ring post. ADR locks on another cross arm breaker in the middle of the ring. Edge turns it into a pin and then into a modified cloverleaf. Christian uh, yeah. his... oh, go ahead. Oh, it's, it's a reverse cloverleaf, and I, I love that move. That He didn't do it enough, but it's like a, a, it's like a reverse cloverleaf or like an inverted sharpshooter or something like that, and it just looks so painful. It's yes. a really great maneuver. Yeah. Uh, Christian then hits a tornado DT off the ring apron on Brodus Clay. This allows Edge to hit a spear onto ADR, who picks up the win. And I completely forgot to put timing numbers into the freaking notes. God dang it. Uh, it was at 11.12. Thank you. I will let you do the time. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll wait till after the match itself. What did you think of the match itself? I thought the match was fine. It... It was like it told a pretty basic story. Del Rio had been working over the arm. He continued to work over the arm. Um, I thought for what it was, it was fine. There was one really scary moment uh, at the end of the match where Edge hit the spear and you could see him grab the back of his neck um, for just a second before he went for the pin. Um, that knowing knowing what would happen, uh, just a a couple days later 24 hours later yeah um that's very scary yeah so and we'll talk about that more after the initial review yeah so uh, but but yeah but definitely yeah. um i i don't know i would call this maybe a one and a half star match it wasn't bad it was just kind of there and being for the world title Especially being your opener, it was just kind of like what the fuck. Like it felt yeah, so it, meaningless. It was it was very weird like, for the oh. world heavyweight title to be the opener, considering that just three WrestleManias ago this was closing the show. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, it just seemed like it just seemed like a match. It wasn't. It didn't feel like WrestleMania caliber. Right. So then. uh after the match, Edge starts kicking and jumping on the expensive car. Like, this is so fucking random. Christian then hands Edge a crowbar, and Edge it scratches the paint, smashes the windows, and, like, hey, this is a shit ton of money. Like, they're yeah. obviously renting this car, or maybe it's one of Vince's. Then he's like, oh, I don't care about that. Let's get it fixed. No, they're, they're, rent, they're, rent, they're renting it. <laughs> do, you want the, do you want the insurance, Mr. McMahon? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Please, please, yes. Yes, I'll, I'll, add the $5, I'll, I'll add the $5 insurance. Yes. To the rental, to the rental car. Sir, it's, can you uh, tell me what happened? Uh, don't watch WrestleMania. <laughs> Kids, when you rent a car, always get the insurance. It's very cheap, and it covers everything. Well, I, I, I don't. Because my uh, my credit card pays for it. Oh, okay. Or I'm covered with my credit card. 
But yeah, oh, I see. Or check that too. Check what benefits your credit card has when renting a car. Otherwise, get the insurance because it yes. covers everything, and you it's just, very you just very never cheap. know. Yeah, it's cheap, and, and and it's inexpensive, and it will like replace the entire car. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, I was the first time I went to Las Vegas. Back in the bad old days when you needed a GPS on your dashboard, we forgot to take out the freaking GPS suction cup. Someone had broken into our car and smashed the window at the Ethel M's Chocolate Factory. Hmm. And yes, so good thing we had insurance. They were just like, yeah, we'll go by, get you another car and be on your way. But yeah, Michael Colvin is beside himself that Edge would destroy the Rolls Royce of ADR. That's what this was, some Rolls Royce. Well, well yeah, well, but it makes no sense for them to do that. Edge oh, and Chris are the, are the baby cases. Uh, ADR is the heel. This is a heel move. Edge has already beaten. Well, ADR. that's the thing. That's the thing. It was already like, hey, he beat him. Like, yeah. Why do you need to beat up his car? <laughs> it was so weird. And he was like, ah, I scratched the paint. And I was like, why are you like, what? Did his, did he run him? Did the car run over his cat or something? Like, I was confused. Like, was he angry at the car? I don't know. Uh, did 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 ADR almost run over Beth Phoenix? Apparently. It was just weird. It just felt so out of place. Yeah. Next up, we had Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio. Cody Rhodes has been disfigured, Zach. Because Rey Mysterio's well, knee brace shattered his face. And he's no longer dashing Cody Rhodes. Okay, so there is some truth to that because Cody Rhodes did break his nose. I loved this storyline, and I loved that, like, you know, because we last time we saw Cody Rhodes, it was getting his ass handed to him by Randy Orton, right, as part of Legacy, well, the last dying breeds of Legacy, right. and, um. So Cody Rhodes came out as this like sexy man beast, where he had the you know the mirror and like oh I'm so good looking and yeah he's just like I'm dashing. He had like a nose ring and and he's this smiling. He had his teeth whitened and he's like giving pe- uh, the people like hygiene tips, like bathe regularly. <laughs> <laughs> which which sadly uh, people should listen to. <laughs> right, Probably. but like uh, and but then. He, but this disfigured thing ended up being really good because it was kind of like a beauty. It was kind of like a Beauty and the Beast sort of situation. Like yep. um, he put on this mask that's clear, so you could see his face. Yes, <laughs> and we could see that he wasn't disfigured, but he's just like nobody can see my the scars that are there, and he'd hand out bags to people. Yes. <laughs> now you can't go a match without like disfiguring his face. Um, <laughs> well, he, he, he's uh, he's uh, channeling the spirit of Dusty, baby. Well, maybe he should chant other things. Um, or or so, also Ric Flair, also yes. Ric Flair. So he can no longer be dashing. Cody must wear a protective mask, as you said. Mysterio comes out to uh, in his Captain America outfit. Yes, um, it, this, this out of all of his superhero costumes that we've seen in the last um, several WrestleManias, this is one that looks closest to what he one that he would have would have worn in uh, WCW. 
I would say. Gotcha. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. So, Mascara with a hurricane off the top rope. Codes with a disaster kick for a two. Michael Cole is in full heel mode now. Mysterio goes for a spinning Huracurana, but Rhodes stops it with a huge Alabama slam for another two. I love Cody Rhodes' Alabama slam. It is pretty devastating. Because he, like, he just kind of just, like, drops them. Like, uh, when Bob Hall used to do it, he used to, like, kind of, like, fall forward with them a little bit. Yep. No, he, he just throws them on the ground like a sack of potatoes, like, yeah he's just like and then like he just like as soon as he as soon as their ankles are like off of him he's like off his shoulders he he just he he just lets go and it just makes it look so nasty in comparison yep cody holds up mysterio forever upside down and then he hits a superplex that was awesome yeah so he put him on the top rope and like just sat up there for like 30 seconds Great. Yeah, it was great. The crowd seems split, and Cody continues working over Ray uh, at a methodical pace. Cody goes for a crossroads, but Mysterio counters with an arm drag that sends Cody to the outside. Cody is then flung face first into the ring apron. Ray hits a senton and then a gets a two count. Michael Colden says that Ray would probably want to expose the disgusting face of Cody Rhodes. <laughs> because he must have a mean streak. Because he, oh yeah, because Ray Mysterio must have a mean streak. And King just says casually, Cole, his mask is see-through already. But Cole <laughs> says, yeah, but it's sort of kind of weird. And just kind of trails <laughs> off. <laughs> like, like everything he's saying, like, ah, oh, it's disgusting. And he's just like, his, his, his face is clear. And like, Cole has no comeback. He's like, but it's weird though. Weird people wear masks. Well, uh, in WWE, that's definitely true. Like, Rey Mysterio is not super weird, but like Kane, yes. uh, CM Punk that one time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cody is put into the position for the 619, but Cody grabs the legs and hits a catapult into the middle rope. He then goes uh, for a near fall, gets a near fall. But uh, meanwhile, Michael Cole is trying to say how bad Rey Mysterio is, and it just sounds so stupid. Cody removes, <clears throat> excuse me, Cody removes the knee brace of Rey Mysterio, but Rage hits a moonsault for a two count on Cody. Mysterio then removes the mask of Cody. He then hits a six on nine to ex- to the exposed face of Cody, and Michael Cole is beside himself as Rey hits a big kick to the face for a two count. Rey then puts the protective mask on for some reason. And hits two running headbutts. So yeah, yeah. So he uses mask as a weapon, and Cole is like, he's using it as a weapon. That's illegal. And it took me back to the days when D'Lo Brown wore the chest protector. Well, that was definitely a weapon when he would hit the lowdown with yes. the chest protector on. Yes. So then he hits Damn two it, running D-Lo. headbutts. Cody crouches himself on the middle rope, and Ray hits a flying headbutt with the mask to get a two count. Cody then goes to the outside and picks up the knee brace. And Mysterio goes for a suicide dive, but is clocked in the with the in the face with the knee brace. And Oh, that was scary. You think so? I mean it, Yeah, I thought so, because it wasn't as bad as when Jericho hit Benoit with the chair doing that same thing, but it's a similar spot and I Oh, it's just, identical. 
But yeah. this is like a knee plastic knee brace. And he had the mask on, I think, still. Maybe he didn't. But it's not like he whacked him in the head. Like, the big thing about that spot with Benoit is at least he has hands up. And it made a right. loud noise. Here, right. it was just, oh, I hit you with the this pla- Yeah, with this yeah. plastic thing. You're knocked yeah, out. So, yeah. Still, this, this Kind of scary spot. Yeah. So this allows Cody Rhodes to easily hit the crossroads and pick up the win. How At long? 12 minutes. There you go. I really enjoyed this match. Both guys worked really hard. Uh, it was nice to see Cody on his own. And I think it told a good story that you know, it was easy to like understand. Like Cody thinks he's like this, you know, disgusting person and he wants revenge on Rey Mysterio for causing his Good looks to go away. You could. This could be argued to be the best match on the show. Um, I, and it's just really good work. It actually really put Cody Rhodes over very strong. Uh, you could see his upward, per, uh, upward momentum going through this, and like later on in the year, he would end up winning the Intercontinental Championship and held it for a very long time. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Eight-man tag team matches up next. The core. Oh, what about uh, there was a segment backstage Uh, what with was Snoop Dogg. Oh, you know what? I think they cut that on the oh. network. Okay. Um, I think. What, what happened? So there was a segment with Snoop Dogg and Teddy Long auditioning WWE talent to join Snoop on his tour. Okay, yes, they cut this. Okay, I don't. This all no, this does not ring a bell to me at all. Okay, okay so great, so great. Kali and Beth Phoenix sang, uh, you know, that summer loving song from Greece. Oh God, no together. wonder they cut it. Okay, uh, and then uh, Zack Ryder came out and he did something. Uh, Piper. Uh, Roddy Piper came out um, and hit somebody with a coconut. That's <laughs> what he does. That's what he does. Um, Chris Masters did like a tiny dance, like did like a dance, uh, like did like a peck dance thing uh, while Yoshitatsu saying, we will rock you. <laughs> uh, and then it ended the uh, segment with uh, Hornswoggle uh, taking his time to to rap, and then uh, he actually rapped. And this is the first time we've ever heard Hornswoggle say words on WWE television. Yeah, before he was like, rah, 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 rah. yeah, he would just go, ah, uh, uh, and then of course he would revert back to that oh. later on. <laughs> Good. Case. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a segment. Okay, well, you cut that from the network. Probably because, like, I don't know, maybe Snoop Dogg? Or maybe because they were doing all of those um, copyrighted songs. Yeah, but it was parody, so I don't know. Whatever. Good. Yeah. Sounds like trash. <laughs> Eight-man tag team match. Speaking of trash, The Core versus The Big Show, Kane, Santino Morella, and Kofi Kingston. This so, is like a 90-second match. Yes. <laughs> So Kofi Kingston is filling in for the injured Vladimir Kozlov. Santino and Heath Slater start off. Big Show is tagged in. Beats down Slater. Show calls for the... 
Show calls for the big show. Okay. I think I'd say show calls for the choke slam. And Ezekiel uh, Jackson comes in, takes down Big Show, and now everything is broken down with everyone getting a big move in. Big Show gets a knockout punch on Slater and picks up the win. Nothing much. Yeah, at one. Literally, nobody got tagged in. No, no, and it's this is really weird because Wade Barrett was the Intercontinental Champion at the time. Like, it should have been this should have been a bigger thing. Uh, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that was that. Uh, nothing match. Yet they wasted time on TV for this. Well, they gave uh, eight people a payday. Yes. Speaking of things that didn't age well with The Rock. Congratulations on becoming the Diva Champ. Thank you. Thanks, Rock. You're welcome. You're welcome. I tell you, I got a great gift for you. What's that? Okay. Feel the dream. There it is. Feels like a dream. Yes, it does. <laughs> Boom. How are you enjoying WrestleMania? Oh, man, I love it. I mean, this whole week has just been magical. It is magical, isn't it? so special, especially as champion, and you're here, and you're absorbing everything that WrestleMania is. You know, speaking of magical and magical moments, that's what I do. It's what The Rock does. We know each other that well, but you should know. The Rock creates these electrifying, magical moments just like that. I'll give you an example. Okay. Whoever comes around that corner, I won't look, but whoever comes around that corner, I'm going to create an incredible, unforgettable moment with whoever it is. All right. Tell me when they're there. Hmm. It looks like you uh, got your wish. Time to make more dreams come true. Hmm. Oh. May! May Young, how you doing, May? So good to see you. you, said you love the diva. I do love the diva. She's a divasaurus. Uh, but but May, uh, how can I help you? How can you help me? Yeah. I want the people strudel. You want the people strudel? Right. Big fella. Yeah. Uh, well, May, there should be other strudels that you should be craving from no, other people, no. like Moses. <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, May, this is our champion. Eva champion Eve. Eve, this is May. Hi, May. Eve, like your childhood friends, Adam and Eve. <laughs> ah, she told me to say it. Inappropriate joke. Look, look, let me tell you something. Don't you be making the jokes out of that because I'm the one and only great May Young. I know you are the one and only great May Young. And, and I, I'll never get old. I, and you'll never get old. You'll be kicking ass forever. That's right. I know that. Eve, will you please escort May to her seats? I Enjoy the show, because I'm going to electrify tonight. Uh, all Thank right, you May, let's very go. much. Yeah. You ready? Oh! May. Frisky May. Inappropriate May. Couldn't have been anyone else coming around that corner. Anyone else coming around the corner! How you doing? Yeah. Good to see you. It's good to see you. You ready to kick some ass tonight? Always am. You? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to bring it. Really? You should remember that. Good seeing you. It's good seeing you too.
backstage, The Rock is with Eve, saying how he can make any moment electrifying with anyone. And he will do it with the next person who walks around the corner. So we wait. And Mae Young walks behind The Rock and asks, and he asks Mae how he can help her. And she says that she wants some of the people's strudel. And he said that he should want Moses' strudel and not his. Uh. Yes. So then, uh, uh, he introduces Eve as a Divas champion. And he said, like, Adam and Eve, your childhood friends, May. I, I, it should be also noted that Eve Torres didn't have the Divas title on her. Uh, she did not, no. I actually thought this was, um, I actually thought this was Maria Kanellis. Uh, I seriously no. thought until he said, this is Eve Torres. I went, erase, 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 Eve Torres. I don't think Eve Torres and Maria Kanellis look that much alike, but hey, okay. Shut up, Siri. Sorry, Siri just randomly going off. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just like, okay. All right. So, hey, if you didn't know, guys. May Young is super old. Rock then blames e- Rock blame. Okay, so then like, I don't remember, but Rock blames Eve for a distasteful joke. Like he says like something bad. He goes, "Oh, that was Eve." As May is leaving, she slaps Rock on the ass. Rock then just talks to himself, asking if it could be anyone else coming around the corner. It was so weird. He goes like, "No, May, we don't hit people." It was so weird. I think he said that. I think he said he'd kiss the next person who came around the corner or something like that too. Thank God he didn't. But yeah, it was just awful. It was just awful. But then he's talking to himself and he goes, "Goes could be anyone else. Who else could go around this damn corner?" And Steve Austin shows up, and everybody goes, "Woo!" Yeah, so like, yeah, and they look at each other, and Austin's like, "Hey, Rock." He's like, "Hey, Steve." How's it hanging? He goes, I'm good. How's the, yeah, the uh, how's the broken skull ranch? The testosterone, the, the testosterone between these two is palpable. Yes, they could just start kissing any second. Yes. But uh, they shake hands, they give each other some pleasantries, and that's it. So it was just to say, hey guys, remember when WrestleMania meant a lot more, and we had better people headlining? Remember WrestleMania 17? Because we should listen. Do. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have you badmouth the Miz as a WrestleMania headliner. Hey, the Miz I'm was not awesome. I am not badmouthing the Miz. All I'm saying is, they probably <laughs> wish the Miz was The Rock and John Cena was Steve Austin. Well, I mean, they'd make more money. Uh, tons sure. more. Yeah, definitely. So, next up is Randy Orton versus CM Punk. Oh, yes. This is uh, CM Punk as the leader of the Nexus. <laughs> yes. Remember that time he was just part of the Nexus and the leader? The only good thing that whenever, came out of that sh- was a shirt. Yeah. Well, whenever you mention the Nexus, you have to be kind of nasally. Oh. Because it's a, it's a nerd-like thing to want the Nexus to do better. Yes. 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 So what can you tell us about Randy Orton and CM Punk in 2011? Uh, well, let's see. Randy Orton had finally finished up a long feud with uh, 
John Cena, and they said they were never doing that match ever again. Uh, CM Punk had been injured for a good portion of uh, 2010, and he was on commentary, and he was awesome on commentary. He was amazing on commentary. I remember the NXT where he was on com- Oh, God, it was so great. Yeah, he was really good. And then, um, basically, uh, they both got into the Elimination Chamber in February to decide who is going to be WWE champion going into WrestleMania. Or maybe who would be in the main event. It was one of the two. I can't quite remember. And um, Randy Orton essentially uh, RKO's Punk as soon as he gets into the ring. uh, And Punk somehow talks his way into getting back into the match saying he wasn't ready. uh, And then uh, gives him the GTS uh, and eliminates Randy Orton. uh, And then that starts off their feud. Basically... This is a feud that is based off of something that happened three years ago. Two years ago. Because, but yeah, I, 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 it was funny because I was like, holy shit, they're actually going back to their archive. Yeah, uh, it's uh, they're um, talking about how Randy Orton and I think it was No Mercy 2008. I think you're right. Yeah, so it would, it would have been three years because this is 2011. Ah. Uh, so 2011 uh, punted CM Punk uh, in the head. Uh, prior to uh, him defending the World Heavyweight Championship, CM Punk has never forgiven him, and now he's the leader of the Nexus, uh, so that he can um, avenge his loss to Randy Orton. And we'll see if that actually happens. Randy Orton is well aware that the Royal Rumble is indeed the road to WrestleMania. Randy Orton hopes to head to WrestleMania this year as the WWE Champion. Snap! 
that I crush your spine. Punk, the only thing that you will have left is the faith that failed you. Because I am going to finish what you started. Because I'm going to hurt you. I will turn you upside down. I will pour your heart out. I'm going to put you in the ground. Now, I don't think you'll be punting anybody in the skull at WrestleMania. Now, ain't that a kick in the head? Alright, a very fast-paced start to match. Randy Orton getting the better of Punk. They end up on the outside. See a Punk kicks the steel steps into the bad knee of Orton. Um, Punk is injured by hitting a... Wait, what? Oh, which Punk injured by hitting a monkey wrench going into WrestleMania. So, yeah. now his leg is busted up. Punk hits a flying cross body block for a two. Punk keeps working over the bad knee with kicks to it and drop kicks and knee drops and other things. Orton is hung upside down. Punk stands on the legs and then hits a knee drop into the chest of Orton for a two. Punk then calls for the GTS. Orton gets out of the attempt, but Punk hits a kick for a two count. Punk climbs the top, uh, the top rope. But Orton is able to knock Punk down after crotching him on the top rope. Orton then hits a superplex onto Orton uh, with one arm draped over Punk. But Punk kicks out at two. Punk go, uh, does a figure four leg lock around the ring post. And again, just works over the knee of Randy Orton. A la Bret Hart. Yes. It's the only good move that Bret Hart ever did was the... Yeah. Ring post uh, figure four. I always remember it via Stove. WrestleMania 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin match. Yeah. Punk applies the Anaconda device, but Orton is still able to roll CM Punk over and get to the to ropes. Orton. Then... I never understood why he went for the Anaconda device here. He's been working over the leg the entire yes. match, and he's like, all right, Turn now to work arm. over the, arm and the, the mm. arm and the neck. Yes. Orton then slams Punk's head into the ring post. He hits a draping DDT. Orton then hulks up, sets up for a punt, but as uh, he is running over, Orton's knee gives out, and Orton falls to the canvas in pain. Out of nowhere, though, Randy Orton hits an RKO and throws Orton to the mat to avoid the... Oh, wait, what? Oh, yeah. So, uh, he tries for an RKO, but PM CM Punk just throws him to the mat to avoid the move. Punk jumps off the top rope, but then is hit in midair with an RKO. Orton is able to pick up the win. So. Yeah, at 14 minutes and 48 seconds. There you go. Uh, this is the Kofi Kingston RKO, or Evan Bourne RKO spot. Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of, although the Evan Bourne one is much more. <laughs> yeah, it's much more impressive. Uh, Punk is especially yeah. not known for his high acrobatics. No, he's he's kind of clumsy, all things considered. Um, 
I, I thought this match was okay. They told the story of working over the leg. Uh, Randy Orton is never really that great as a face. Um, so face Randy Orton trying to go for a punt doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, so there was a couple things in here that were kind of eh, but for the most part, it was a, an okay match. I wrote, it was pretty boring match for a Randy Orton CM Punk match. I guess I expected more. I don't know. It was okay. I mean, I just, again, it's, 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 I've noticed with Randy Orton at WrestleMania is he won't do much work and then he'll just hit the RKO and win. Well, that's, that's Randy Orton's entire career up until when he started using the, after his run in evolution, basically, he's just like work. I guess he's of the mind of working smarter, not harder. True. I guess. And sometimes Sometimes, sometimes that works out for him. Sometimes his, that really works out for him in his matches. Other times, not so much. Yeah. All right, so we go backstage now. The Rock and Mean Gene are backstage. I gotta tell you, unbelievable WrestleMania so far. Ah, uh, thank you, Gene. That was the goal, the most memorable WrestleMania of all time. But here's the thing. I think things are gonna get really ugly here because I heard John Cena's number one fan is upset with me, and he's coming here to confront me. Actually, Rock, he's already here. Oh, you. Of course it's you. John Cena's number one fan. Everything John Cena stands for. What do you got to say for yourself, John Cena, number one fan? You can't see me. You can't see me! You can't see me! Do you realize how ridiculous you sound and look doing, saying all that hot garbage? Pee-wee? The Roxy's potential. Yes, potential to be a man. Really? Yes. You gotta ask yourself. Do you want to be a man on Team Bring It? Or do you want to be a little boy on the Fruit Loop Troop. So, if you want to be on the Fruit Loop Troop, this is what you're going to look like. Me and Gene. <laughs> he looks like a tool! <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Give me a break! Take that garbage off. The Pee Wee Herman sees your point. I'm in. I want to be on Team Bring It. You want to be on Team Bring It? Yeah. You want to be a man? Yeah. Then there's one thing you need to do, Pee-wee. You know what it is. It is That's too much. I don't need that much. And Gene says, it's been an unbelievable mania so far. Hey, Zach, what's been unbelievable so far? Uh, the May Young segment. Yeah, that was unbelievable. You're right. <laughs> Rock says it's going to get ugly because John Cena's number one fan is here. And then the Rock says, of course. It's you. And 
We wait. The camera pulls out to reveal Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Why? Why? I don't know. Why is Pee Wee Herman here? I have no idea. Rock says Pee Wee can be a man on Team Bring It. Or is someone on the Fruit Troop Loop or the Fruit Loop Troop? And Mean Gene comes back wearing a John Cena hat, T-shirt, and basically we're supposed to say that uh, Mean Gene loves John Cena, and I don't, I don't know. It, it was funny though because he completed a suit, and then like we pull out, and then obviously uh, Gene's off camera. So he's, I just imagine him like trying to pull a goddamn t-shirt because it was looked tight as hell. The shirt was yeah. tight and like, you know, he's probably wearing well, he's a three-piece suit. Other clothes. Yeah, yeah. He's putting it over a suit jacket. Yeah, he's like, thanks, pal. Yes. <laughs> as soon as I, I would have really liked it if he had uh, done the SummerSlam with the sign falling down and just went fuck it. And yes. Away. Yes. So then. Uh, Mean Gene comes back wearing the Cena hat and stuff. Rock tells Mean Gene to take that garbage off. Pee Wee then starts talking to himself in the third person and joins Team Bring It. So apparently all you have to do is say you don't want it, you want to be on Team Bring It. It's like Christianity. You just say you want to go to heaven and you can. You don't have to prove or do anything. Just saying it is enough. So Pee Wee Wormin now is on Team Bring It. Yep. So there you go. I don't know. I don't know. This man, this was a weird segment. It was it fun was. seeing. It was fun seeing. Mean Gene, Pee Wee Herman. I guess like again, are these people like on like the Rolodex of of like guest stars that like they have like oh who's cheap? Like obviously they're not getting A list celebrities, but you know what I mean. Like I would argue would that. Would you say like? Case. Would you say though like ah? Oh, Oh, we need a funny bit with 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 the Rock and Jen, Gene. Who who could we get? Ah, oh, uh, just Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. It would have been funnier if it was just the Rock and Mean Gene. Yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. All right, so Howard Finkel, R.I.P. Have we talked about Howard Finkel since? Yeah, we did, didn't we? I think we did, but if we haven't, it, he passed away. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, he, he had a stroke uh, the last year, and he was pretty much in a, in a state where he couldn't speak or do a whole lot. Uh, and he was in an assistant living facility, and he passed away. Uh, apparently, though, uh, he watched wrestling until the day he died. He was he had a thing on his board saying what station Raw was on, and people like Tommy Dreamer and stuff like that went to go visit him pretty regularly. That's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, rest in peace, Fink. So Howard Finkel introduces the Hall of Class Fame of 2011. We've got Abby, a dual butcher, Sonny, Ugh. the Road Warriors, Drew Carey, who's in the celebrity ring, who gets a ton of booze. Well, like, I mean, I kind of get that because he was in one Royal Rumble match for yes, like a minute, five minutes. Yeah. Yes, he he tried to bribe Kane. Yes, and then Ken was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> My libertarian response is too strong. No, I'm not going to take your charity. <laughs> Put it towards the Green Party. Um, Bullet Bob Armstrong, 
Jacks, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, so this is kind of a weird Hall of Fame because, like, Jim Duggan, the Road Warriors, Bullet Bob Armstrong, uh, Abby are all people who are were known for working in Atlanta because uh, either they were in WCW or they were part of the territory before and, and that. And I remember that. They thought they were going to try to do Goldberg because of being in Atlanta, um, the uh, NWO, the... Uh, you know, just a lot of WCW stuff. And it was like, this was the 10-year anniversary of WCW going under. Yeah. Going under. So they thought like, oh, maybe they'll bring back some stuff. And it turned out like the pie in the sky, you know, turned out to be much more like speculation of the people than... Well, I remember Goldberg as being one because of being in Atlanta. Right. Because he has more of a connection than pretty much anybody else, because he was an Atlanta Falcon as well. That too, yeah, yeah. So, um, but like the people they chose this time around, like uh, I, I remember at the time, I, I had a pretty long discussion over uh, whether or not Sonny should be in the Hall of Fame with uh, Daryl, um, and since then, Sonny has done a lot of things that have. Uh, made it like I, I don't want to shame Sonny or anything along those lines but she's done a lot of things that the WWE definitely don't agree with I think probably the one that uh, is that uh, video that she did uh, that explicit video that she did where she was wearing the Hall of Fame ring um, that kind of has made her yeah. not like somebody to, who could be invited back I think the probably the person who's most like it, it's it's the most problematic that they're in the Hall of Fame at this point is Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, because the whole hepatitis thing? Yeah, and he refuses to get tested, and, like, uh, Billy Graham and Hannibal are are people who have really been affected by him, and he's just, Wait, like, Hannibal? No, yeah, so there's an independent... There was a... There oh, was an independent... okay, never mind. Sorry, I'm thinking of Hannibal.tv. Same guy. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, so okay. he he was a he was a independent wrestler. He was going to be signed with WWE, and he had had a match with Abdullah the Butcher like right before he was he signed his contract. Yeah. And he was doing his blood tests and things like that, and he had hepatitis C. And it's like, well, the only person that I've had a match with where I bled was Abby with my was it my match with abby yep so like i think that's probably the person that, he, at this point i i i wonder i mean i don't know what the treatment like, obviously i see like stuff on tv like for prep they call it um but i wonder now if they would accept someone with hepatitis c because it seems like it's it's, it's treatable but it, and they don't it, it bleed is, anymore. Like obviously they were bleeding back. You know, blood was much more prevalent back in this time. But yeah, I I kind of wonder because <coughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There's always that chance of getting cut open or a knee to the face or something going wrong. Like it's a risk, definitely. Like both parties right. should be uh, told. Like if you're wrestling this person who has hepatitis C, you know, you should definitely be telling the partner and saying like, look. 
do you feel comfortable doing this? You know, there's going to be because no there's, because Right, because there's the, there's the possibility. Um, I mean, possibly there there are treatments and things like that. Um, you can be cured of hepatitis C with the right uh, sort of, um, like, if you get a new liver and stuff like that. Um, oh, wow. Or, or if you, um, or there's certain medications that you can take now that lessen things a lot. Yes. So there, 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 there is stuff that you can do, but at the same time, um, Abdullah the butcher is one of those people who like, he's, he, he's aware. Uh, he doesn't wrestle anymore, but when he was, and this was only again, nine years ago where he was still in the ring, he was aware of people getting it after wrestling with him and he did nothing about it. So gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I could definitely feel like they're starting to scrape, not the bottom of the barrel, but like... Oh, certainly not the bottom of the barrel. I just think that some of the choices that they make sometimes are are uh, questionable. Um, but for, for like, everybody else, uh, the Road Warriors, of course they're Hall of Famers. Shawn Michaels, of course he's a Hall of Famer. Bob Armstrong, like... Him and his his family are a wrestling legacy. Like, I mean, his most famous son is uh, Road Dog, obviously. Yep. But like, you know, a lot of those, a lot of his children became very famous, popular wrestlers. Jim Duggan, of course, is a great choice, and I think it could be argued that Sonny should have should be in the Hall of Fame she for has what she's in wrestling. Yeah, but yeah, but whatever. What she does is her own business. Right. A recap exactly. package shows Jack Swagger getting beaten with a chair by Jerry Lawler and Lawler getting Coke thrown on him. The Coca-Cola, not the substance. No, yes, no powder. Uh, in the face by Michael Cole, the special guest referee is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that's why Stone Cold is there. Booker T is introduced as a special commentary for the next match. Shucky ducky quack quack. And then Jim Ross is introduced as well. By God. There you go. Jerry the King Lawler versus Michael Cole. During Jerry's entrance, Michael Cole interrupts and runs down Jim Ross, making fat jokes. He then yeah, says, it's "Awful." Yeah, awful. It's, it's. I mean, Jr. Obviously knew. Maybe not, but he probably didn't give a shit. He then says, "Jr." You know, it's actually interesting. He just came out with his new book. I wonder if he talks about this in there. You know, I I haven't picked it up yet. Same here. I just got done reading his first one, so. He then says, JR and King have a lot in common. They both overweight, overrated, and both over the hill. <laughs> Cole mentions that Jerry Lawler's first WrestleMania, this is first, this is for Jerry Lawler's first WrestleMania match. Cole and says, uh, That's so surprising. Like, oh, I know. I, 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 like during the '90s, they should have just done something with him at WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, Cole says after Steve Austin raises his hand, he will be the new Mister WrestleMania. Jack Swagger then comes out to the corner for Michael Cole, uh, who is his personal he's trainer. This awful, he's wearing this awful singlet. Yes. Swagger starts doing push-ups in the end of rap, and the glass shatters. And Steve Austin guns the gas on his four-wheeler and nearly runs Swagger over. <laughs> Cole locks himself in his coal mine as Austin taunts him. 
Cole does a Hindu squat saying he wasn't ready yet. He hasn't warmed up. Oh, yeah. So Cole's wearing an orange wrestle, you know, amateur wrestling singlet with Cole written across the front. Right. Uh, the bell rings and Swagger attacks, but King throws Swagger into the ring post and into the barricade. Cole then begs and says that he didn't mean by anything he said. So one of the things we haven't brought up was, unlike the last rest of, the last couple of Raws, they had a very fat, very out of shape, uh, Scotty Too Hotty come back. And no, say, Brian Christopher. Or Brian Christopher, excuse me. Yeah. And come back and say, like, he was a terrible father. Just something really bad. Right. And then, like, his mother legitimately passed away. And it's been said that King approved this. But he was like, I'm glad your mother died. Something really something really disrespectful. Like, the week after his mother passed away. Yeah, and then Brian Christopher clearly wasn't in the best of condition during that uh, no. segment either. And considering that only a few years later he would die uh, under his mysterious circumstances in jail due to drug charges. That was just, just last it, year, man. Yeah, I know. It just it just seems like... Nah, I messed up. I, been a good place. No, and this was his last time on WWE television, too, as was far it? as I can remember. I think so. I think there was another instance where he came back. Maybe. Maybe because maybe he, there was a time. I don't remember. Maybe. You might be right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Cole begs and says that he didn't mean anything. He says, oh, let's go back to announcing you and me. Cole puts his hand through the, uh, through the coal mine as an olive branch, and Jerry shakes his hand. And he goes, oh, thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. And then he pulls his hand pulls through the, the glass, glass, and he starts slamming his head into the glass and pressing his face up against the glass. And every time he does that, Cole's like, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Yes. Uh, so then he gets into the coal mine and beats down Cole. Austin is distracted by uh, Swagger. Uh, attack. Uh, Swagger, then, or sorry. Cole sra- distracts Stone Cold, who then at Swagger attacks King. Um, Cole hits his first wrestling move, a baseball slide. Swagger then applies an ankle lock on King while Cole distracts Austin some more. Michael Cole then yells at Austin to count out King. Slowly, though, Austin does. A you-can't-wrestle chant breaks out as Cole just stands on the on the bad leg of King over and over again. Cole hits a terrible-looking Swagger bomb uh, to King from the top, from the bottom rope. Cole then pulls down the straps and applies the ink coal lock put it in the middle uh, of the ring. Uh, uh, King is able to counter. King stomps on Cole in the corner. Jack Swagger then throws in the towel, telling Austin to ring the bell. Austin wipes himself off with the towel and throws it back at Swagger. Swagger then gets in the ring and then in Austin's face. Austin gives him the stunner. Austin Michael Austin then asks Michael Cole if he wants to continue. Michael Cole begs off, and Cole starts pushing Austin and yelling, Do you know who I am? Now that King starts beating up Michael Cole with punches, King hits a drop kick and then a fist drop after the second rope. King then goes to the cover, 
but picks Cole up back at two. Jerry then locks in the ankle lock. Cole taps furiously as Austin says, do you give up? As Cole is screaming, I do, I do. And eventually, Cole, uh, Austin calls for the bell. And King is your winner. So, stop there for a second. What'd you think mm-hmm. of the overall match? Besides Awful. the wrestling, I thought it wasn't bad. Awful. I thought it told a fun little story. Awful. And it wasn't as bad as what was going to come up. Awful, awful, awful. Uh, I, I just, I, I just don't I've... like the. Oh, go ahead. I just, I, I just don't like this feud. Like, if you're gonna have a heel announcer, fine, but do, don't take up my time at WrestleMania with a match like this because Michael Cole. Let's let's be honest, wasn't trained very well. Um, there's two things actually that I learned very recently about this match. Michael Cole lost two t- fr- his two front teeth during this WrestleMania. Really? Yes, once one in the match with Jerry, and the other one was before Wrestle before Mania even started. He was kind of like like doing some practice in the ring, and CM Punk was there, and CM Punk like did like a flying clothesline to the Cole because Cole's like, "Yeah, I'll take that." And <laughs> he lost his other tooth. Oh no. Yeah. So he he loses both teeth in this in this, and it's just like well, because he well, didn't know he didn't know what he was doing. Well, he didn't know how to take him properly. Yeah, safely. Yeah, yeah. And so nobody was there really to help him either. Aww. You get the you get you get the impression that like Michael Cole isn't very well liked by the people in this match. Like maybe Jack Swagger likes him, but like Jerry's just like punching him and. Steve Austin says, like, whatever. You know, like, it was just bad. What was the second story? Uh, the, no, that was it. Oh, that he okay. lost both of his teeth. Oh, yeah. man. So, um, yeah, so that happens. So then, hey, this is the time of the anonymous Raw general manager. This yes. laptop that is clearly an Apple MacBook with a WWE logo or the Raw logo over it. The Apple. Uh, so, after the match, Jack Swagger carries Michael Cole in his arms, and Austin and Lawler drink beer. Booker T then jumps into the ring, calls for a beer, but Austin doesn't give any to Booker. Booker T does a WrestleMania size spin a Rooney. Austin gives Booker a beer, but then he stuns Booker T. Then the anonymous draw general manager sings an email. The match isn't called in favor of Michael Cole. Because the referee physically intervened in the match, and King has been DQ'd. King throws Josh Matthews in the ring because Matthews is one who won, who read the announcement. He stuns Josh Matthews. A promo. Okay, so then that's that's that. So yeah, Austin gets all his gets all the shine at the end. Yeah, and this this segment lasted a half an hour. Uh, yep. Full, yep, yep, a, yep. A full, a full half hour. Yep. This is the longest this is the longest segment of the show pretty much. There you go. Promo package for the next match is shown Triple H versus the Undertaker. Triple H wants to break the streak. And Triple H has done everything except break the streak. It's a no holds barred match. And for some reason they don't mention their WrestleMania 17 match. Team match, yeah. 
which is weird because that is actually a very good match. It's a great match. So it's it's odd that they don't uh, they don't call back to it. it. Yeah, yeah. So Triple H comes out to Metallica's "Who for Whom the Bell Tolls," which uh, on the network it's a cover ripoff. Um, but a bunch of people with shields come out on stage, and then they scatter. And then Triple H and his King of Kings get up. Then his normal entrance plays. The Undertaker gets... But, uh... I just like Motorhead's the game song. Oh, okay. But, uh... The Undertaker but... gets his entrance, his own elaborate entrance, but instead comes out to Johnny Cash's Ain't No Grave. Again, completely edited off the network. It just comes out to the original Undertaker music. Yeah, you know what's also very weird about this match is that this was, um, for a while, I don't think they do this anymore, but they would show a bit of WrestleMania on NBC, like, three months later, or something like that. And I was I was home watching it, uh, and I saw it on, on cable, and I was going to watch it with my mom, and... Um, Triple H comes out to the game. They don't. They edit out the Metallica thing. But do you know what song Undertaker came out to? Limp Biscuit. No. It was. Uh, I, let me look up the exact title. It's uh, uh with a Katy Perry song. What? Yeah, it was like um, the one about. Aliens, like the one with Kanye West, Supernatural, or something like that. Yeah, huh? it, yeah, he came out to that, and they like edited it so like like the screen would like would like zoom into him a couple of times, especially when it said K -K "kiss me." Yeah, yeah, no, it was really what? weird. Yeah, please, I gotta. We're pausing right now. We gotta go see if this thing exists. Holy shit! This is on YouTube. I literally Googled Undertaker Entrance WrestleMania 27 ET or sorry, Katy Perry NBC. And it's like the first I will put a link to it on the webpage. Hope I remember by the time I edit this. But yeah. holy shit. So it's you were watching some kind of recap show or something where it's like they spliced down WrestleMania 27 and like Oh yeah, no, it was just no, it was just the one match. So that was their entrance, and then they did the match. They showed the they showed the match. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Undertaker comes out to his gongs, and then Katie Player starts playing, <laughs> and every camera cut is time to the beat, and then they have stutter shots when she repeats the words "take me," and like, oh fucking hell. Have yeah. you ever seen it, it, WrestleMania, a WrestleMania match or anything look so stupid? Like, you're supposed to be taking this seriously. They got King and JR like, oh, this is going to be a great match. Oh, the Triple H can't wait to get a hold of the Undertaker. And it's like, I can't take this seriously anymore. Yeah, you know, if there is one pop star that i don't associate with the undertaker it's um it's katie perry no. um but um yeah it was a choice why would you ch i mean i know why they did it because they're like johnny cash it was a popular, that's for old a popular people song. 
It was a popular too. song at the time. Yeah. Yes, and it's on NBC. Yeah. Oh wow! I I uh, saw something I thought I'd never see, or have the words put together to form a sentence. Hey, that time Undertaker came out to Katy Perry, uh, on NBC. I, I yeah I'm I'm kind of like they swapped or they swapped Undertaker's song for a Katy Perry song. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know about that before. But... I had no clue. <laughs> wow. And so that's what I get for watching all of the wrestling possible at the time was um, that. Yes. Yes. Well, there you go. So I loved Undertaker's entrance. The Katy Perry really made it, I think, spice up. Mm-hmm. Got me really amped up for the match. I loved the Johnny. I had to go back and watch the Johnny Cash one because it was like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's an Undertaker entrance. But just coming out to Ain't No Grave, just yeah. it's just such a fun, it's a, such a fitting song. Right. Really, really good. So... Triple H backs, Triple H backs Triple H into the corner, is what I wrote. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right, whatever. Uh, Triple H backs Undertaker into the corner. Numerous no, punches. No, he, he backs Triple H isn't into the corner. He yeah. backs himself up. He's just like, I can't handle this with all the Katy Perry music playing. <laughs> yeah, my my, did he have daughters by this time? Maybe his daughters picked this music. Undertaker? No, uh, yeah. Maybe maybe Triple H's daughters were like, Daddy, we need to have Katy Perry in your match with Undertaker. And he's like, well, I'm not coming out to that. Yeah. We'll give it to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark will take one for the team. He always says. Triple H is thrown to the ring steps by Undertaker. Taker then tears apart the Spanish announce table. And Triple H, well, Triple H knocks Undertaker through the coal mine structure. So that's been destroyed now. Undertaker sits up, pissed, and storms back into the ring. Taker then goes for an old school, but Triple H yanks Taker off the ropes and follows up with a clothesline, sending Undertaker to the floor. Triple H is thrown into the barricade, uh, landing sideways. Triple H clears the English announce table off, goes for a pedigree, but Undertaker hits a back body drop, sending Triple H to the floor and not even breaking the table. Someone in the crowd keeps yelling Taker to do a leg drop. He really wants to see it. Yeah, it's that guy who goes to every WWE show. Oh, it is? Show. Oh, God. He's, yeah. He's like, do a leg drop! He's like, do oh. the guillotine leg drop. Do it! And then Undertaker actually ends up doing it in this match, I believe. How did you know it was him? Because you could kind of see him off in the corner. It's the guy with the, like, the, the jerseys who's in like the front row of every single... Raw, SmackDown, Damn. pay-per-view. So I went to Night of Champions last year. Yeah. I met one of those people. He had gone to like every pay-per-view last year. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you do you. You spend your money any way you want. It's not my place to judge. But I was judging him hard. I'll be honest. I'm like, of all the times to go see WrestleMania, to go see pay-per-views, and, like, I could see if you were like, oh, I was an hour away or two hours away or, you know, it wasn't that bad. No, this guy's like, oh, I go to every pay-per-view. 
I fly around the country. I guess. I mean. Yeah. Hey, I mean, more power to him. Has the money and the time and maybe he's single or doesn't have family yet. And maybe he's young. Yeah. He seemed young. But I just remember when I was like in my 20s, it's like, I couldn't afford shit. Right. But uh, whatever. Teach their own. So people are more privileged. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was crazy. Like, this guy is, like, this is like a random off B show, you know? But, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Cool. Undertaker grabs the bottom of the steel steps and pulls Triple H on top. He tries for a tombstone, but Taker is then pulled off, uh, pushed off. Undertaker runs at Triple H, who is on the steel steps. Uh, he picks up Triple H, he picks up Undertaker, hits a spine buster through the Spanish announce table. So that looked kind of cool. Back in the ring, Undertaker hits a choke slam for a near fall on Triple H. Undertaker smashes a chair across the back of Triple H. Uh, sorry, of, of uh, yeah. Taker then tries again. Triple H hits a pedigree for a near fall. Undertaker then counters after getting on, uh, getting on top rope by Triple H with the last ride for a near fall. Undertaker then hits a tombstone pile driver, and again, Triple H kicks out. Now, Triple H just keeps pedigreeing Undertaker over and over and over again. Undertaker keeps kicking out after every pedigree. Triple H picks up another chair, and then wears out Undertaker with tons of chair shots to the back. Triple H then starts yelling at Undertaker to stay down and ask, What's wrong with you? As Taker gets back to his feet, Triple H then picks up Undertaker for a tombstone. Uh, but, uh, Undertaker then kicks out. Triple H then grabs a sledgehammer, but Taker applies the Hell's Gate, or the Gogo Plata, in the middle yep. of the ring. Uh, while trapped in the hold, Triple H finds a sledgehammer that he dropped, but Undertaker applies the hold even tighter, and eventually Triple H taps out. What did you good, think? Matt. It's a pretty good match. Lasted 29 minutes, 26 seconds. Um, I thought it was like, this is like a spec, a good spectacle match. Um, it's kind of hard for Undertaker to kind of like live up to those last two WrestleMania matches that he's had with Shawn Michaels and Triple H is much, as much as he thinks that he is like Shawn Michaels, he's no Shawn Michaels. Oh, hell and no. so, so they had to work a very different match, but I think it worked for what they did. And the big spots, like through the Spanish announce table and on and those sorts of things, gave them enough time to then check, see how they're doing, slow down, catch their breath, go back in, and it it hid them slowing down a little bit. Um, but yeah. overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good match. Alright. Yeah, that was an okay match too. It wasn't bad by any means. Um, I mean I was I was kinda disappointed slow. that we didn't I'm I was kinda dis- disappointed we didn't get a Undertaker <laughs> spot this year. Yeah. But. Yep. Um I felt the the, 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 the the amount of pedigrees and stuff and the kick out so we're going to be a bit much. Because I think back, like, other years, we've watched WrestleMania matches with Triple H, where he just hits one fucking pedigree and he's dead. Here, he hit, like, nine of them on The Undertaker, and he keeps kicking out. It's like, give me a fucking break. Well, it's, it, it, it's The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So I, I you know, I think that's why. Gotcha. I I, I know why. I just now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like I'm the Undertaker. I'm going to kick out of things. It's going to be epic. You know, nobody kicks out of the pedigree. So if I kick out of ten pedigrees, it's going to be even more <laughs> epic than if I kicked out of just two. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So the Undertaker is carted off in a cart after the match by refs. Vicky Guerrero, Vicky Guerrero comes out, sounding annoying. She introduces her best friend, Slaycool, and her business associate, Dolph Ziggler. Ah, oh. uh, okay. Uh, before that, they did announce that WrestleMania 28 would be taking place in Miami. Man, they've gotten so many WrestleManias. <laughs> yes, they have. But that's because WWE is basically Lives there. headquartered out, out of Florida now. Yep. Yeah. Six-person mixed tag team match. Lake Cool and Dolph Ziggler versus John Morrison, Trish Stratus, and Snooki. What's a Snooki? I have no idea. Oh. Lake Cool no, and come, Z- come on now. I don't know. Lake Cool and Ziggler attack before the bell. Ziggler gets slapped by Snooki. The bell finally rings. Lake Cool argue about who's going to start. Finally, Michelle McCool and Trish start out. McCool sets up Trish for a powerbomb or a Styles Clash or something. And Trish reverses into a sl- uh, into some kind of slam. Both ladies fall off the top rope and fall to the floor. Looks like it hurt like hell. Layla tries yeah. to help Trish, uh, but Trish hits a crossbody. In the ring apron. Uh, a chick kicked by Trish, on, uh, but Ziggler breaks it up. Morrison then hits a starship pain to the outside on the floor. Ziggler, oh, on Ziggler. Snooki then is tagged in, who is heavily booed. She then hits a backspring elbow to Michelle McCool in the corner and then hits this terrible splash where she just kind of jumps in the air and lands on... On on her on Michelle McCool and pick up the win. So the, four minutes. Yeah, garbage of four minutes. So the big thing remembered about this match was you'll see after the match, Trish Stratus tried to raise the hand of John Morrison, and he just walks away from her to the other side and of Snooky. Yeah. So later, the years later, this has become known as the cold shoulder incident. <laughs> Basically, John Morrison was all pissed off because his girlfriend at the time, Melina, got bumped from WrestleMania for the. She was supposed to be in this match, but Trish came back. I, I, you know what? I don't believe for a second that Melina was supposed to be in this match. It was probably always Trish Stratus because it was a celebrity match with Snooki, and he may have fought that. But honestly, I don't. I I I think that things like this with like Snooki and like outside things have to be booked much further in advance than normal WrestleMania stuff and for scheduling reasons and things. And so, you know, I think, I think a lot of that is just like John Morrison wanted Melina to be in that match. So allegedly, uh, John Morrison ignored and rejected any suggestions that Trish Stratus had for the match and got, um, both Melina and, Morrison, a bunch of heat in the locker room. And according to Trish Stratus, her and Marie, her and Melina did not talk for many years, but have since made up. Yeah. I mean, 
John Morrison and Melina got into a lot of heat all the time anyway because of personal backstage stuff. It just seems like it was pretty toxic. I wouldn't between know. the two of them. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I all I heard I think was Melina slap around and there was something with Batista. Yeah, there was there was that, and uh, I guess I, I guess John Morrison lost. John respect Morrison because... was a cuck or something. Yeah, he, he lost up. respect because. Yeah, he lost respect because of that, and it's like people make their own personal decisions. Like I like wrestling's weird sometimes. Wrestling is weird, and now what's going on in the current climate? It's just I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So there's a new tough enough starting the night after WrestleMania. They show the contestants in the front row. The funny thing is, the show was already over with. They know who the results, but they had to bring everybody back, and one of them had a broken foot or something. So they had to stand with no crutches or assistance and act like they were fine. Kayfabe. Yes. It's oh, This was the infinite tough enough where someone, some woman got asked, I forget who it was, Stone Cold goes, what's your favorite match? And they said, Alicia Fox versus Melina. Uh, yes, this was the woman who would become Cameron. Really? Yes. It's the same Cameron who I think still has a job? No, Cameron has not worked for WWE in several years. Oh, wait, wasn't she? She was one of the, she was one of the Funkadactyls. Yeah, that she doesn't, yeah. she, is it Naomi? Oh no, Naomi still works there. No, Cameron, yeah. didn't Cameron have a, has Cameron, a relationship with, um, uh, Buddy, or not, um, Michael Hayes? Uh, I have no idea. She was on uh, Total Divas, the first season of Total Divas, and she got the bomb.com over as well. I think the 2000s got the bomb.com over. Well, she's, she kept saying it on that show that aired in like 2013. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> either way. Moving on. So tough enough as a thing again. Justin Roberts says WWE has set a new Georgia Dome record attendance for any entertainment event. The event uh, was 71,617. The real number is speculated to be at around 67,000. The dome has since been demolished and replaced with the new building in 2017, the Mercedes-Benz Astrodome or yeah. whatever, Superdome or Bob Dome. Or... So, one of my all-time favorite promos before a match plays. Me. All of you. This is what I am, feel me? I beat it! You can hate me now. I won't stop. But I won't stop now. 
Cause I can't stop now You can hate me You can hate me now Do it now You can hate me now I'd rather you all hate me for everything I am Than love me for something I'm not You wanna hate me, then hate me What can I do but keep getting money Funny I was just like you I had to hustle hard, never give up Until I made it, now y'all saying that's a clever Nothing to play with, hate on me I'm blue but I'm the same OG People warn me, when you on top there's envy Criticize when I float for the street Hate my dress code, Gucci this, Fendi that What you expect, yo? People fear what they don't understand Hate what they can't conquer Guess it's just a theory of man Became a monster, on top of the world Never falling, I'm as real as they come From day one, forever falling come Are on. you getting this? Highlighting the Mrs. WWE journey set to Nas's Hate Me Now. The Miz is sitting in a control room Sitting important WrestleMania and WWE, sitting important moments in WWE and WrestleMania history. He's clicking the button, and we'll see like Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan, and then we'll see an clips of like The Miz on the Real World, and then we'll go back to like Austin winning the championship, and be like The Miz uh, debuting on SmackDown. So, and then they show the Miz girl. They, uh, yes, I was gonna say, and they have the Miz girl, this angry. That the, I think one of the earliest memes. Yeah, the one of the one of the earliest live wrestling memes. Uh, this little girl who just looks so upset when Miz beat Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Like fire could come out of her eyes at any moment. Angry. Yeah, I, I think probably the other most famous like wrestling crowd reaction meme is of course the Undertaker guy. Yes. <laughs> from yes. WrestleMania thirty. Yeah. Yes. So, uh essentially Miz won the money in the bank match. He then cashed it in to become WWE champion. Um twenty ten and twenty eleven were huge for the Miz. He was taking acting classes and I remember this time. Uh, I remember watching. He was the... he was everywhere. He was yes. all over the place because he was the United States champion. He was the tag team champions for a long time. Well, he had that amazing well. match with Morrison on Monday Night Raw in the first Raw of 2011. Um, he just he really came into his own in the 2010 2011 area. Yeah, and he was fucking over. Like everyone was so happy to see him win it because we'd always seen Miz as like you know. Goofy, you know, hat-wearing dork. Right. With his capri shorts and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. WWE Championship uh, match! The Miz versus John Cena. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, it's fine. Okay. Miz comes out with Alex Riley, who I really liked and thought would go somewhere in the WWE. Sadly, he never really got off the ground and eventually ending up on the NXT brand where he originally started in the second season of NXT, but he ended up back on the NXT show down in Florida. But he yeah. was eventually let go in 20, uh, 2016. And he says and then, that John Cena has a lot to do with why he never made it in the WWE. That, and then he said, like, last year he was going to make a comeback, and 
never did. Yeah. So yeah, you know, oh, I really like uh, Riley though. I I thought I thought he was fine. I thought he was he was he was pretty good. He had good size. Um, he had weird tattoos, but I you know that could be forgiven. Um, and you know, like I thought that if they had really given him more than just a couple of weeks, he could have really made something out of himself as a single star. Yeah. So the WWE is really going back in their back catalog of early 2000s hip-hop and rap. An Atlanta choir comes out on stage and starts to sing. Or just, I don't know, they, they do something. And then they play DMX's Let Us Pray. And it's basically DMX saying a prayer of some kind about he's not a good person, he's a bad person, and he can do better with his life. And just, if you've heard it, you've heard it. It's, it's DMX. Yeah. DMX is a horrible person. Um, and the video of John Cena's playing, being hurt, doing different moves, and then the choir starts clapping and starts singing John Cena's music as he runs down to the ring and he just comes out to a complete chorus of boos. Nobody wanted him to be WWE champion at this point. Or, yeah. Or anywhere near the title, but yeah, it's John Cena. Exactly. Very slow start to the match. Miz gets an early advantage, uh, but Cena comes back, and every move he hits, the crowd boos. The Miz hits the side effect for another two count. Very slow start. Miz takes a running start, and John Cena moves. The Miz crashes into the corner. Oh, God. I'm so sick of this fucking spot. They do it so much today, but even then, it's like, yeah. oh, run your shoulder into the corner. Like, fuck off with that. Get more well, creative. I, well, yeah, but I think it's like something that they can do that won't really hurt themselves because it's padded. I know, but still, it's like, get, get more creative. If you want to work over the arm, don't start with a freaking running shoulder tackle into the damn ring post. Right, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. Cena hits his leg drop from the top rope. Miz with a big boot. Um, my word just locked up on me. Ugh, okay, there we go. Sorry. Um, no. Okay. Cena hits his five moves of doom from the and then goes for an attitude adjustment. But uh, Miz counters with a sweeping DDT, but only gets a two count. John Cena locks in the STF. Miz is able to get uh, able to break it though. Alex Riley grabs Cena from behind and smashes his face into the exposed turnbuckle. Miz then hits a skull crushing finale, and Cena kicks out at two. Alex Riley smashes his, a briefcase into the Cena's head, and again Cena kicks out. Miz is hot. And, is, and says it was a slow count. Alex, uh, Riley then distracts the ref again as Miz picks up the briefcase and ends up taking out Alex Riley. John Cena hits an attitude adjustment, but Miz is able to kick out. Miz and Cena end up on the outside, and Miz starts to climb the dasher boards, but then Cena oh. clotheslines the Miz. Smith, Miz smashes his head on the floor pretty violently. He gets a legit, a legit oh, concussion. Yeah, from that. I've got a funny story about that from Miz. Uh, 
But yeah, oh, he okay. legitimately like knocks himself out and gets a very bad concussion. Yeah, because he took a flat back bump onto concrete. Like, what? What are you doing? Yeah. The match, uh, the ref then counts and the finally gets to ten. The bell rings. The match is called a draw, and the Miz is declared the winner. John Cena has been lifeless since hitting the clothesline. Miz starts to slowly get up at this point. The Rock's music hits. He comes out. He strolls down to the ring. But then the Aronimus draw general manager sound goes off. And The Rock tells the king to sit back down. And The Rock reads the announcement. Which is just a piece of paper on the keyboard. They do a real bad job of hiding it. Yeah. The message starts off. And the general manager, I think... And The Rock says, it doesn't matter what he thinks, and throws the laptop on the ground. Rock then says that he is the host, and the match will be restarted with no rules, no time limit, so the match restarts. Cena and Miz then get back on the ring. Cena goes for an AA, but Miz grabs the ropes and then falls to the apron. Cena turns around, and The Rock hits a rock bottom on John Cena, then the Miz makes the cover, gets the win, and the Miz is still the WWE Champion. The Rock then comes <sighs> back, starts beating down the Miz. The Miz hits a spine buster, and then the people's elbow, and the Miz, uh, the Rock then poses on the fucking turnbuckle, and that's the match. The sh- that's the show. Yeah, and the show. Yeah, the show goes off the air. The Rock was- steals freaking Miz's shine. It's oh, it's just as bad at. WrestleMania 9, I think it was? With Hogan. With Hogan yeah. overshadowing Yokozuna. Or was it Bret Hart? Oh, well, Yokoz- Yokozuna had won. Yeah. And yeah. then Bret Hart coming out. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. What do you think of this match? Uh, Well, you know, I have to say, like, I remember watching this um, live... I was getting worried because the pay-per-view, like, it it was getting close to when the pay-per-view feed should shut off. Um, because it was, like, there was only, like, 20 minutes left in the show when the match started. And then they did the, um... The long-ass uh, choir? Well, yeah, well, no, when the match started. So oh, they okay. did the entrances, and when the match started, there was, like, 20 minutes left, and then they started off really slow. I was like, okay, well, they have to do that to, you know, uh, or whatever. Like, I was thinking, oh, you know, build psychology or whatever. But I got really worried when they did that clothesline spot, and they just laid on the ground yeah. for, like, five minutes. And then I was like, oh, no, they're going to run out of time. This is going to be, like, a Halloween Havoc situation. Um and it's it, you know it's not like the rock and john cena have had good matches with each other but this was not one of them they weren't they weren't clicking tonight and i don't know what was you mean going uh, on with, miz and cena the miz, yeah miz and john cena have had good matches with each other but they weren't clicking tonight um so i don't you know i don't know uh it it's it's not a very good match i'll say that yeah, it just seemed to be kind of there, and it seemed like everybody knew, like, something was going to happen with The Rock, and sure enough. Either that, or they just expected John Cena to win. Yeah. It was one of those two options. Yeah. I, I think I think it was good for some fans that The Miz won. The Miz mm-hmm. should have 
but you know like looking back at it now i think it could be argued that miz should have just beaten john cena there cleanly because he's still around he's still doing things and that would have built him up as a star to uh build uh, the company around because he's a company guy he's not going anywhere he loves the wwe and he will stay with them forever so he's not going to go for movies and things like that unless they're wwe movies more than likely uh so the miz could certainly have been a multiple time champion but they chose to instead sell next year's pay-per-view yes i don't know yes yeah so kind of a funny story from the Miz. The Miz suffered a concussion from the spot over the guardrail with Cena. And he has said that he didn't remember a lot of the match. He said, he said that the Miz's parents got to go backstage. Miz's dad, who we'll see in later WrestleMania, shared a bunch of pictures with him. Um, he shared a bunch of pictures with, with Miz. Saying, oh, well, you were concussed. And you kept asking the same questions, and it was annoying. So I went off and took a bunch of pictures with these people. And Miz responded, <laughs> thanks, Dad. Yeah. I don't know. Miz's dad seems like... I've heard Miz talk about his dad like on the Art of Wrestling podcast and stuff like that. And his dad's like, oh, you should try to do the shooting star press like that Evan Bourne kid. I really like him. And stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Put your body... <laughs> And like Miz is like, I can't do that, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. Overall, what do you think of the pay per view? I thought it was middling. You know, I thought it was like, it, it's not, it's not a terrible show, but it's not a great show either. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of things that are kind of bad though, like matches that really do not click. There are horrible segments. But overall, I think there are a couple of spots in here, like the uh, Triple H Undertaker match and the Cody Rhodes Rey Mysterio match, that are worth seeing. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Not a not a great match. I think the match of the night was probably Undertaker versus Triple H, with a co-second to Cody and uh, Rey Mysterio. I would say the exact opposite. Oh, ah, well, there you go. Yeah. Are you ready for the star ratings? What did the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer have to say? He's the only person who observes his re- observes wrestling, so yes. I must know what his opinion is. Wade Keller, that's on fire. Uh, Edge versus Del Rio, two and a half stars. Or sorry, three and a half stars. I I I think that's a little generous, but okay. Cody Rhodes and Rey Mysterio, three stars. Mm. The eight man or the yeah the eight man tag, half a star. Ooh, okay. CM Punk and Aaron Orton, three stars. Jerry Lawler and versus uh, the King or versus Michael Cole, uh, one minus star. five stars. One star. Oh, no, wrong, Dave Meltzer. Minus five stars. Undertaker Triple H, four and a half stars. Uh, the ladies tag team match, the mixed tag team match, I should say. One star. Okay. And John Cena versus The Miz. One and a quarter stars. Hmm. Okay. So. I mean, 
I mean, for the most part, besides the Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler thing, I don't think there's anything that's like offensive necessarily. No, so. you're right. You're right. Um, maybe just that four, the eight man tag, just seemed to be worthless. Yeah. So the next night on Raw, Edge comes out and says that he has to retire. I remember being in some kind of chat, or I think it was Twitter. It was probably Twitter saying, this has to be a work. It's fake. You know, something's going to swerve. Something's going to happen. But no, it was legit. Yeah, he retired for a good 10 years. Yeah. Nine years. So. And uh, he's only recently come back thanks to a new surgery that you can get that can cure spinal stenosis. Oh, wow. Well, there you Supposedly. go. Where's Austin's match, damn it? I Austin, you know, I think I think he's really done. <laughs> oh, no, I, I know. I know. All right. Well, that's WrestleMania 27. What did you think? Leave us feedback, reviewamania at gmail.com or uh, on reviewamania.com, our awesome old website. Yeah. Is there anything... Next time. Next time is WrestleMania 28. Yes. Triple H versus Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell yep. with HBK, a special guest referee. That is the only freaking thing I remember besides the main event, which they announced also on the next night of Raw, of John Cena versus The Rock at WrestleMania 28, once in a lifetime, and... Maybe once in a lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, asterisk. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a full year build-up to WrestleMania 28 main event. But WrestleMania 28 actually has a lot of matches that I remember fondly. Uh, CM Punk versus Chris Jericho for the WWE title is, is oh, nice. Oh, is that the one where he like breaks? He says, "You're oh, you're an alcoholic," and he breaks oh, yeah. the wine yeah, bottle yeah. or something over his back. Yeah. Uh, and then I. And then like face plants on the mat because it's wet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Rey Mysterio has a has a good match next year. Anyway. That, that, that's another match that I remember fondly is the Chris Jericho versus CM Punk match. There you go. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.